Welcome to season two of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed. Thank you so much for listening. Without you, this would not be possible. So thank you so much for taking the time. Today, I have an amazing educator from North Carolina, Dawn Harrison, from an industry-leading professional and found her FCS calling, which now she's going into her 26th year of teaching. Dawn is also a mentor educator where she just has a passion for helping others. So with that, today we are going to be chatting about planning a course sequence for fashion and clothing design. And I'm just so excited to have you with us today. So thank you so much for taking the time, Dawn. Welcome. Thanks, Barbara. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be able to be here and talk with you today. I've been following your journey a little bit and, you know, seeing you start this podcast, what an amazing thing uh, to be able to connect um, us FCS educators and so we can share our stories and I think that's just an amazing thing. Thank you. Yes, it is a passion project and just something I just, I enjoy networking with so many and it started out pretty simple where I thought I was alone and I truly am not. (laughs) So that's, that's the best part. And then, you know, being able to meet so many amazing and inspiring people such as yourself. So what is your favorite color? Oh my gosh. My favorite color is probably going to be kind of like that turquoisey blue. Mm. I love that color. Um, It reminds me of the ocean and being in North Carolina. uh, The beach is only a couple hours from me. And that's just, yeah, that's a happy color for me. I love it. I'm feeling the blues that like the last couple of years, that's just been my, my go-to color. It just, it's cooling and calming for me. Absolutely. Because you're a fashion educator and you have that industry background, do you have a favorite fabric or textile? Oh goodness. I have several. (laughs) Um, I love silk and It's hard for me to come by because it's so expensive, but I love silk. Um, I love just the way it's drapes. I love the way it keeps you cool in the summer and warm in the, you know, winter. But yeah, that's probably my absolute favorite um, would be silk. I try to steer clear of some of the synthetic fibers. I, it's hard uh, with fast fashion, you know, it, it's hard, but um, yeah, they're not as comfortable, you know, especially here in North Carolina where it's hot in the summer, you know, wearing some of those synthetic fibers aren't, yeah, just, it's just not as comfortable, but yes, silk or rayon. That's another favorite of mine, just the way they drape. I love the, how that works. And I guess lastly, so you are a mentor teacher mm-hmm. is what is your favorite part of being a mentor teacher? Oh, I love to be able to help a new teacher just be able to find that balance from, you know, the work-life balance. Uh, you know, a new teacher comes really, they're excited. They're ready to dive into the classroom experience And then they realize very quickly how overwhelming our job is. And so helping them to balance that. And I like to provide 
resources help with, you know, how to use the creativity that we all have to develop things. And uh, I think sometimes it just can become so overwhelming because this job is not only do we have to find, you know, engaging like lessons, but it's way more than that. We are having to deal with, you know, students' lives, their emotions and all of that. And um, that's just in the classroom, but all the administrative stuff that we have to do too. And so helping a a new teacher kind of um, navigate all of those challenges. I, I love doing that. I love being able to help them see that, yes, I can have a life. It doesn't have to just be working till eight, nine o'clock at night with your hair on fire. Cause I think that's the way I operated when I first started. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, I came in from the industry into teaching and I didn't know what I was doing. And so early on in my career, I always said to myself, I want to help those teachers, especially the teachers that come in through an alternative route to be able to help them navigate just the, the world of teaching. So yeah, that's what I, I, I found a passion for that. No, I, I love that. And I, <laughs> I can relate so much to the, the hair on fire because I swear that I don't think I've had a year where it's just calm uh, in being able to just to focus. One, it's my personality where I like to, I'm pretty creative and just constantly trying different things, different tactics. So that's great. But also like with this last year, year and a half, we've all, all educators around the globe can all relate that. Yes, we've had our hair on fire trying to adapt and pivot and relearn to be able to teach in completely new and different ways than we've ever even considered. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's one thing, you know, when I'm working with new teachers is I love their energy. I love their, um, their use of technology um, because, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. And so I need some new tricks. And so it's a really nice relationship, kind of a reverse, re, you know, reverse relationship when you're working with new teachers is that you can gain some, or at least I've gained some uh, tech skills from them and some ideas. And so that's really it's just, it's, it's nice to be able to share and collaborate. Absolutely. It's that flipped classroom mentality right there where it's like, yeah, the teacher is actually being schooled by the student. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So let's chat a little bit about planning a course sequence. What does that entail for, I guess, when it comes to a fashion and clothing design? What are your first steps when you're looking at your new class? Well, the first thing I would say is, you know, it, it depends. Um, like I come from a state that provides me with curriculum and the standards, all of it is spelled out for me. Uh, so I've been kind of spoiled that way. Um, there are, there are other states that have to make these things up and make their, make their courses up. Right. Um, I found that through the Facebook group that we all kind of collaborate on. And I hear a lot of teachers, you know, struggle with that. And 
especially new teachers when they're first hired and they're hired to teach all these courses and they're like, oh my gosh, I have no, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. So that's what prompted me to write that blog post uh, because I, I think a new teacher needs to figure out a way to navigate all that. And so the first thing that you need to do, you know, just kind of figure out, well, if you don't have you know, state standards and you have to develop them yourself, then you need to do some research. You need to look at, um, I would suggest looking at other states, reach out to, you know, reach out on those platforms that we have the social platforms and just ask people, what are you doing? And once you look at other states, I I still look at other states. I want to know what other people are doing because one of the constraints I feel when you have a state that gives you the curriculum is you don't have the ability to keep it up to date as much as you would like to, if that makes sense. Because once a, a curriculum's kind of launched, it's already outdated, especially for fashion. You know, there's a huge area of, of technologies kind of missing and it needs to be kind of integrated, but that's a whole nother story. But anyway, um, so do, doing some research, finding out what what other states are doing and what are they teaching, looking at the national standards. What are some of those national standards that students need in order to, I guess, getting them prepared for that next level? So do your research. Another thing I would suggest is start finding your people. Create an advisory group around yourself and your program. And this is especially important if you are wanting to develop a strong and sustainable fashion program at your school. So find um, some business and industry folks in your, you know, your immediate area and then branch out into your state. Look at college and universities. What are the programs? Is there any fashion programs being offered there? And then I would also do some kind of some labor market research. What are some jobs that my students could possibly get in this field? And then start analyzing when you meet with these people, you know, you can call them, talk with them, email them. But once you start building that and think about the skills, ask them, what are the skills that are needed? What do, what do my students need in order to walk out of high school and to be able to enter into college if that's what they want to do, go to the universities, or maybe just getting a job? What do they need to know? And so I think that's really important. You're a brand new teacher and you don't know... You don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So your CTE director says you are, you're in charge of finding people for your advisory board. And then all of a sudden kind of that deer in the headlights, because that is something I know they don't talk about an advisory board when you are going the university route or doing your block two alternative to licensure programs. So Can you give any recommendations? So we already, you touched on, you know, going and talking to universities who offer these kinds of programs. Do you have any other uh, suggestions on where else to find these professionals, these industry leading professionals? Yeah, absolutely. Within our communities. What I've done, this is what I've done. And I'm also a part, like our county, um, my district, we have advisory groups. And so I'm one of the leads um, with another teacher and we have like special, like a fashion 
apparel and textile um, advisory group. And so we, it's our job to go out and find these industry professionals to be a part of our, our groups. So what I've done over the years, first, I've made it simple, especially as a beginning teacher, I would just look in my immediate community. So I'm looking at people that could possibly be guest speakers in my classroom. So I'm looking at my, in my town. So we'll keep it simple where your school is looking at your town. So who are the retailers? You know, do I have boutiques? Do I have, if I live in a city, is there a mall? Is there, you know, these big retailers there, right? And then I'm going to research more and I'm going to find out like headquarters of any fashion type companies in my immediate area or in my state, like who who's in my state. So I know like in North Carolina, there's, there's not a lot, but we do have three or four big players um, in my state. And so that would be like a starting point for me. Okay. I've got my small little retailers in my town. I'm going to partner with my, we have career development coordinators in our school. And so their job is to connect business and industry with our classrooms. So I'm lucky I have that person to help me. So I might reach out to that person and say, hey, I would like for you to to connect with these local boutique owners and set up a meeting for me. Okay. And then I want to set up some kind of, you know, maybe some guest speaking opportunities or a field trip type opportunities. And so that helps me get that conversation going with those retailers, like the owners. So I I start there, like that keeps it simple, right? It's in my own little community. And, uh, and then when I'm brave enough, I'll reach out to other people. So it is a little bit more challenging. So for example, Belk. We have Belk is a department store um, here in North Carolina in the South. And so their headquarters are in Charlotte. And so, you know, reaching out to their big companies will have representatives where you can like a liaison um, with the community and you can talk with them about partnerships. You can even go, I've gone right into my local Belk here in the mall and talked with the store manager because that way now I've got that store and that manager a part of my little advisory, if that makes sense. And then, so that that's helpful. Now with colleges and universities, um, I've always reached out to like the department chairs, like the heads of the departments to get that contact. And they also have like representatives or reps that reach out to schools and make those connections. Like we have NC State College of Textiles, actually it's called Wilson College of Textiles. Uh, We have that and I have in Greensboro, we have a program there at the university. Uh, So I've reached out to them. I now go beyond my state. And so like FITM, so out in California, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, they're a part of my little advisory board. And they have been super helpful with developing portfolios, offering, um, coming into my classroom. Um, I have a fashion club through them. I look at any other like fashion businesses. We have a company called TC Square. Now, TC Square is a technology company for the fashion industry. They do the body scanning. I don't know if you know anything about that. And so they work a lot with universities, but now they're kind of working with, I'm working with them at you know, at the high school level. And so they're a part of my little advisory group. I look at textile companies. I look at coloring type companies, anything to do with 
my curriculum. So I'm looking at anything like for textiles, because I teach textiles, I teach design. So I might be looking at finding fashion designers, pattern makers to be a part of this, pro, you know, advisory. And how about like quilters guilds or how about like sewing machine shops? Um, absolutely. Okay. So I recommend whoever you buy your supplies for your classroom, any of your equipment that they become like one of your advisory members. So this is an area that I, where we bought the machines for my classroom that particular store is no longer, they went, um, they just retired. So their store closed. So right now I am hunting for another, um, you know, advisory person to join my group here because I want to know the most up-to-date information about like fabrics and about um, home sewing, about um, the machines, things like that. And that's exactly what they are going to offer. Any new tools that are coming about, any of that, they can provide that kind of information. And I love that insight, you know, even the home sewing industry and what's going on with that. So uh, that's just, that's perfect getting all of that information because I know, well, just when I, I didn't know, these were all things I'm like advisory board. I, I need a little bit more guidance and clarification. What is it that you want? And you just kind of open the door. So I know there's going to be somebody out there who's going to listen to this and be like, oh, and the light bulb is just going to come on. So perfect. Thank you so much. Sure. And I will say when you're building a program, when you have an advisory board and you have that business and industry and colleges and universities, you know, behind you, it really gives your program some credibility. And that's super important. We want to make sure students are gaining the skills that they need for when they go on to college, or like I said, into a like a job. So, I mean, I really think, and I've heard this from one of the professors at NC State, she was saying that students that learn sewing skills in our classes, they will go further faster than most students because at the university level, at least here in North Carolina, they're not teaching students all of those skills anymore. Uh, so in high school, if a kid can come in knowing how to engineer a garment, that's golden. And they're actually teaching their classmates. I think being able to have these people in your back pocket to ask questions because every year things, things are changing. You know, fashion is, is yeah. so fast moving. And if we want to stay current and we, and we want to have programs that are relevant, then we need to have these people in our lives to help us build programs. So I think that's important. Absolutely. And it's not like you have to, you know, it's not a lot of time. You can meet with these people. You can arrange like a, a Google meet, like, or a, you know, a zoom meeting yeah. twice a year you know, and you can talk to them about your program. You can talk to them about your sequence and what you want students to learn and get their input and ask them, what are those skills and how can I bring all that information and, and build a program that, you know, my students can take and be able to be successful. in? I think that's important having, you know, um, advisory, um, people in my life, it has helped me to place students in not only job shadowing opportunities, but internships, 
And so now my students um, in high school are able to get some fashion um, experiences. Uh, for me, when a student enters my class in the ninth grade, at that ninth grade, that first class, they're building a resume. So I really stress that we are going to get you the skills that you need in order to build that resume. Uh, so you're ready to get that first um, retail job, let's say. Uh, so you're around fashion. And then from there, you're you're figuring it out, right? And you're exploring it and you're figuring out, is this what I want to do as a career someday? I also, um, I also developed this teen board. Now, Nordstrom, gosh, a while ago, they used to have this teen board in my area. And I took their kind of their model and I recreated it for my students. And I partnered with a local business and it's a jewelry company, uh, like a lifestyle brand. Uh, the company's called Moon and Lola. And so Kelly Shatat, the owner, her and I sat down and we said, okay, let's do this teen board. I, I brought the idea to her and I'm like, I really want this. I want my students to learn the business side of fashion because in my second level course, we have an entrepreneurship kind of component. So kids are learning how to take the skills, their like sewing skills and their design skills to create a business. And I said, I really want them to be able to be immersed in the whole world of, um, of a fashion business. How can we make that happen? And so we worked together and we decided, okay, let's do this teen board. And so what we did is the first year we did it, we, we interviewed students that are, that were interested in, in this and it would meet like once a month and the students would come to her studio and sit around a table. Right. And we would, uh, they would share, uh, their thoughts, um, about, uh, some of the product lines that she was going to launch. It was almost like a, a way for her to get some insider information about her target market. And then it was a great way for students to be able to hear about how she runs a business and they were able to, um, help her with events and social media. And yeah, so it, it, it's been a great experience. The pandemic happened. And so we haven't quite gotten our footing back again. And so we just recently talked and we were hoping that we can bring it back for this fall. So that is another positive outcome, I think, from having these partnerships. You can find experiences for your students. And I think that's you know, that's been very successful for me and I'm happy about that. So. Oh, I, I love that. It, the, the team board, I, you know, student successes right there. Uh, you are that partnership, but you are, gosh, that's an extended learning environment or, or extended learning activity okay. where it's going beyond the classroom and that's success. I, I, you know, I always tell teachers, you need to break those barriers because that classroom can be very, very confining. You need to find ways to knock off, knock down the walls. Right. And, you know, that's the thing our students make and create amazing things. They do any, any fashion teacher can tell you that they students can just create and they're um, developing these garments. They're just amazing and projects. And it's just a shame when they're only kept within the classroom and they're not out there. Right. And so I always tell teachers, you need to get 
your students work outside your classroom. You can do it by doing, you know, community displays, displays even within your school, but you can even go into your community and um, do displays, um, doing fashion shows. We did, I've done fashion shows for years now. Once the pandemic hit, we had to, you know, quickly pivot. And so we did a fashion magazine. And that was kind of uh, an interesting kind of an avenue. And so I think this year, my goal is to bring back the fashion show in person, but also maybe do a fashion showcase through like a lookbook. And so that's something that is kind of, I've been thinking about. So um, kind of going back a little bit, um, once you figure out skills, right? And you got your advisory board and you figured that all out. The next thing I think would be important to look at is, is timing and you need to, what kind of schedule do you teach in? I work in a block schedule, so I have 90 minutes, you know, I have semester classes. So in that 90 minutes, there's a lot I can accomplish. Um, so I have to, you have to look at your timing and, and then you have to think about what are the things I want to, how many courses do I want to teach? Right. Um, you know, what do I think kids would sign up for? Um, because obviously, that's what drives our classes, right? Our students are interested and they sign up for your course. So are you going to have just a level one or like I have a level one, a level two, and then I have a fashion merchandising class. And then I also have like a capstone course where students can take, and that's like what we call an advanced studies course. And so in that final course, students get to select, you know, are they more interested in the design route or the merchandising route? And they, they develop a project based off of one of those pathways, right? Yeah. So once you decide, you know, okay, this is the timing I have to work with. Well, these are the big kind of um, subjects that I want to teach, right? I want to probably do some fashion history. You got to have a foundation, right? You probably going to want to, you know, obviously you're going to want to do a design unit, right? And do designing, they have to learn about textiles. And when I say textiles, I'm referencing um, fabrics. So fibers, fabrics, and finishes. So that, that to me is textiles. I know in other parts um, of this country, when I say textiles, some teachers think that's part of the sewing unit. I'm referring to is just learning about fibers and fabrics and, you know, the finishes that go on, um, on the fabrics. Uh, and so textiles, that's a, a really big, important piece of it. Even laundering, believe it or not, um, laundering is very important too. And I know that seems like, and that's not my favorite subject to teach kids how to do laundry. Cause that feels like that's very basic, right? That's the consumer part of family consumer sciences. But as a designer, you have to know how to create that label, like the hang tag in, in the clothes to tell people how to care for the garment. That's such an important piece that people don't think about. So understanding the science behind laundering. So I call it a laundry science unit. So that's important. And then obviously garment construction and how deep you want to get into that. You know, in state of North Carolina, it's, you know, they tell us exactly what is in our curriculum. So you just have to figure out what is it you want a, a student at that first level to, to learn. And then all the other skills you can put into the second level. Maybe you want to have a entrepreneurship component, which I think is amazing. I love that we have that in North Carolina. I love teaching students how to take their skills and create businesses. That's fun. And students, I've had students um, have their own Etsy shops 
and selling things. Some of my students have made uh, t-shirts like businesses uh, where they're selling t-shirts and designing that. That's pretty cool to get that experience while they're in high school. So there's all of that. There's even the fashion have the marketing side of fashion and the whole merchandising. There's all of that you can build into the course, into your sequence. So you just have to decide what it is you want your students to learn and what you think is most important. So I think that's, I think, I hope that would help a teacher. No, that is a great start for brand new teachers who brand new to any FCS classroom. I think it's also a good refresher for, I guess, seasoned teachers as well, going, being able to look at their, their standards, their frameworks, their curriculum and see what is working and maybe out of date possibly and figuring out where to get new ideas and partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, being in a state that, you know, like I said, my, I sometimes feel constrained with my curriculum. So what I've done to refresh myself is, you know, right now I'm diving deep into technology, into fashion technology, because that that's something that you can infuse in all of those you know, areas that I just mentioned. And so my job right now is to really dig deep and figure out that, that disconnect, because that's not just happening at the, at our level, but that's happening at the university level as well, is students are not um, learning enough of the technology that they need in order to get those jobs in the industry. And that's coming right from industry professionals. They're, you know, they're telling us that this disconnect right now, because technology and fashion is moving so fast. What are the up and coming things in technology that you are seeing in from hearing from university and from the industry side? Okay, so working in the high school setting, I always have to keep in my mind that our job is to really get kids excited, right? And give them a taste or a sampling of the different topics or different career opportunities in the fashion industry. Funding is huge. And so in order to get, say, like um, computer-aided design programs, some of the leading ones in the industry, like Lectra or Optitex, let's say, we can't afford them in the high school level. We just cannot afford them. So I've asked um, our advisory people, I said, hey, what can we, what is important? They told us Adobe, learning Illustrator and, you know, Photoshop, those things are going to be key. And those are skills that you can teach at the high school level that students are going to need in order to do some of this work in college, right? Or on the job. That's where I'm kind of concentrating some of my efforts is learning some of those skills. So I'm able to, you know, do line sheets, let's say, or do um, some textile design and do some repeats and things like that. That's what I can do through Adobe. Now, Adobe's a beast to learn. And so I can't, you know, I can't devote a lot of time to that. So I have to bring in simple things and expose students to some of the simple concepts. So there's that there's body scanning. Body scanning has been around for a while. It's where a a person can stand in this machine and get scanned for all points of measures on their body and to create personalized garments. We're moving kind of towards some personalization in our clothing. You know, people, I don't know about you, but 
garment fit in this industry is a huge problem and there's not very much, um, you know, standardization. So there's standardization, but there's also just not a lot of flexibility because we all have different shapes and sizes absolutely, and widths and all of it. For the area of pattern making, I'm again, working with this fashion technology company here in North Carolina, and uh, we're working on designing using a body scanner, but it's on a tablet. And so bringing that into your classroom and you can get body measurements uh, on your students and they can create personalized patterns using these special design rulers that I have found that makes the pattern making so quick and easy and not frustrating. (laughs) And students are able to do this literally like within 30 minutes, they can create a personalized, like a block or a sloper. And from there, the design possibilities are just endless. And so that really opens up a lot of opportunity for students. And so what is the name of that, uh, that app or or no, it's um, actually, it's called TC square is the company name. Um, if someone's interested in this, um, I'm going, I'm getting ready like a blog post as well as some Instagram and Facebook type of videos around it just to, to show, because I, I've been working with these little rulers and I share it with my students because I'm busy in the classroom and some of my advanced students that want to do this, I don't have time to show every student these skills. Not every student is going to be ready to develop their own patterns. So when I show students these skills, I'll give them and I'm like, here, read the directions and like self-teach, right? And then come to me if you have questions and I turn around and they've got like a a block or like a sloper already created. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And they've incorporated that with the FCCLA fashion design, that particular um, star event. And so it, I've found it to be really successful. So I'm I'm going to be sharing all all kinds of information about that. But if someone's interested, they can reach out to me. I mean, there's also even Spoonflower. Not sure if you've heard of Spoonflower, but it's a company here in North Carolina where anyone now can be a textile designer. So um, my students can design, design a, a, a pattern, a repeat, and then we can send that, upload it into their database and they can um, print it out on fabric. And so it's a great way to create personalized um, fabrics, especially for your schools. If you have a school business, you can create products designed you know, with fabric designed by students. That's pretty amazing to do that. And so there's some of that fun technology. I work with Cotton Incorporated. They're located here in North Carolina. They're another part of like another partner. They are, they're always telling us, don't forget about textile design. Um, You know, we talk a lot about designing apparel, right. And clothing, but we forget that that's a whole nother area is designing textiles. And so they're always, they're in my back of my mind when I do my little um, textile design projects, that lesson. You are just giving out so much advice right here. I've been taking notes because this is something that my teachers in my own state, I know would benefit just uh, hearing about Spoonflower, TC Square, and being able to do a repeated pattern. I I love this. We need to make clothing design more accessible 
and user-friendly for teachers to be able to teach our students just because like what you said, they're not, this is something that's not being taught at the university level. So if we are not introducing these things at the high school level, a lot of these students aren't going to be making it to the university route and beyond that. So this, this is amazing. One of my passion projects is to provide workshops and to help teachers And so I just launched that, my big passion project, I just launched that um, over the summer. And so I've had a couple workshops, one on creativity and design and one on garment engineering. And my next moves uh, this fall is to offer some in in the textiles, the fibers, fabrics, and finishes. And so I want to help teachers. I want to empower them to be able to develop these programs, to develop opportunities for students to get the skills they need in order to be successful, right, in this industry. Um, But the first step is to empower our teachers, right? And there's just not a lot of professional development around this area. And I found the things that they do have, they're not effective. And so I've wanted to share all my ideas and, and to empower teachers and bring professionals into the space, provide some insight and in, in, in excitement around this area. So I, lo- I love hearing that because yeah, you're absolutely right when it comes to relevant professional development for our FCS educators, because what we have out there in what is being shared, it's not current in we need to continue yeah. finding or it's things. a sit and get kind of situation, which, you know, sometimes when you're at that conference, you know, you get excited. Oh, this is great. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do this. And then you get back to school and you know, that information sits on the desk. And then when you're at the end of the school, you're cleaning up, you find and go, Oh, I didn't do anything with this right? I want to be able to get people up moving and doing and creating. So they walk away with stuff ready to roll because that's what it's about. Right. And having fun with it. You know, this has been, like I said, this is my 26th year. I love this stuff. This is fun. Fashion and education are really, truly a passion for me. And I I love it. And if you asked anyone around me, my spare time, I'm always, you know, going on fashion adventures and this year, I haven't been able to do a whole lot, but um, yeah, any anytime I can create a, f- a fun fashion experience, I'm, I'm going to do it because that's just what I love to do. Well, thank you so much for sharing your passion project, sharing your wealth of knowledge when it comes to textiles and advisory boards and finding people to help out our classes because we need those partnerships. The personalization, I all of this, this has been absolutely fantastic. Go out for our teachers listening and our community members, go out and create your own team board. I think that is That's a novel idea (laughs) and that is exciting. So break down those barriers because just like what you said, our classrooms can be confining. So we need to, we need to get our students work out into the community to showcase it. So thank you so much. I've loved chatting with you and just hearing the amazing things you have going on. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here with you today. Thanks for having me. Until next week, we're better together. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast 
presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences, FCS Classroom, sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics. From community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more, each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.